Well, good morning, Holland Chapel. How are you? All right. I love that response. Well, my name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. We're so thankful that you are worshiping with us this morning. Uh, we're, we're still in our sermon series called Practical Wisdom. If you remember, last week we talked uh, about hard work. And with that on our minds, let me tell you about the quarterback game we played last week in our work. That's funny. We played a game last week at our work. So if you remember the VBS, um, if you saw the picture, they had uh, inner tubes hanging from the ceilings. Y'all remember that picture? So uh, Pastor Nick had this great idea. He said, how about let's have like a quarterback game? I said, I'm, I'm all about that. That pastors were like, yeah, that would be a whole lot of fun. So, you know, you've got a lot of former football players. You've got some baseball players, basketball players. You've got the Callaway brothers, which are the most competitive people to ever live on, on your team, on, on staff here. And so I thought, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. So we all step in here. Uh, we're talking about humility today, but some of us might have had a little bit of pride when we stepped in here thought, we're going to take this. So we each had our turn uh, playing the quarterback game, and you might be thinking, boy, it was like Keaton, because dude can, dude can throw. Somebody like that took it. It was Pastor Roger for the win. <laughs> Pastor Roger humbled us all, is what he did, with his uh, age and wisdom with the quarterback game. But we are in our sermon series out of the book of Proverbs. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. We're going to be in Proverbs this morning. But we're going to talk about humility today. We're going to talk about that word. What does that mean? And, and i got to tell you, as this, uh, as this topic came up, it, it proves to be one very difficult to discuss. But because if, if you discuss it and, and you're like, yeah, this is how you are a humble person, then you almost take on the persona that you've got it figured out, and that's not humble. Do, do y'all see the tension here this morning? Pray for me, because uh, this is going to be fun as we talk about humility. But it is something in the Word of God, and we have to discuss it. We have to have an open, honest conversation about what humility is. And much like last week, we opened the book of Proverbs, and we read about laziness. So we looked at the opposite of laziness, which was hard work. So we saw that God detests the lazy person, so that must mean that God elevates the hard worker. What we see in Scripture is that God detests a prideful heart. So that means that God must elevate those who are humble. So let's look and see all that Scripture has for us this morning discussing humility. But for us to enter this conversation that I think will bring about the most clarity, let's talk about pride first. So when we talk about pride, I think if you're much like me, your, your first idea of a prideful person goes to the loudmouth, arrogant person, does it not? Man, just that haughty person, like, like too cool for school, it's all about me. And yes, that person, I believe, suffers from pride, but they're not the only ones that suffer from pride. Raise your hand in this room this morning if you are someone that suffers from pride. Pride affects us all. So I think it's a conversation that we need to have. Much more than just the loudmouth, arrogant person, I think that definition has a lot to it. So let's look and see what Scripture has to say. We're going to read first out of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. It says, haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. 
but with the humble is wisdom. Do you see here that much like laziness and hard work, pride and humility are complete and total opposites. And God's word is really clear about it this morning. We all agree that everyone in this room suffers at some uh, point or another from a prideful heart. So I think we have to talk about it. And the danger of pride is that it's a special kind of evil. What pride says is that I don't fear the Lord. A, a, a prideful heart says, I really don't care about what the Word of God says. I don't care what the consequences of my sin are. I, I don't care. I'm the center of my world. I'm going to make this decision. It's all about me. And when pride comes into our heart, we start to exclude God. That's the danger of pride. And, and if pride it goes before destruction, and we know destruction is sin, we then can infer that pride is at the root of every sin. And everybody in this room sins. So we all have a pride issue, whether or not we realize it. And God wants to address that in our lives. Pride says, I really don't care. It's all about me. I don't need God. What you are saying essentially is I'm my own God. I will make my own choices. I will disregard what you have for my life, God. That is pride. So reminder that pride is not just the loud mouth, arrogant person. You can have a disgustingly self-exalting heart and never open your mouth. You, you can be somebody full of pride and arrogance and have the most meek body language about you. Pride is an issue of the heart, and the Lord wants to deal with it this morning. So what's the opposite? If we know that pride equals destruction, what's, what's the opposite of that? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4 reads this, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. So write this down. It won't be on the screen. That humility equals life. If pride equals destruction, humility equals life. Humility and fear of the Lord are at the foundation of what it is to follow Christ and be like Him. Those are things worth pursuing. How do we do that this morning? I want to bring up two examples in Scripture for you today. When we see somebody uh, with the opportunity to humble themselves, they disregard it. And when we have somebody that is presented the opportunity to humble themselves, they obey. The first one I want to talk about, you're still in the Old Testament. Once you go to Exodus, go to Exodus chapter 5. I want to give you a little background on this. There are, there are lots of stories in God's Word where we can see where pride and humility are, are, are fighting one another. The very first one goes all the way back to Genesis. Genesis in the garden, when Satan tries to trick Adam and says, if you eat this, you can be like God. Satan was trying to elevate the way that Adam thought about himself. But the first time this really fleshes out where we see pride and humility is in the book of Exodus when Pharaoh is encountered with a messenger from the Lord. So if you know what's going on here in Exodus, God's people are in bondage. They're, they're in, in Egypt. They're in slavery. And, and Moses is coming to Pharaoh on their behalf. 
He's told the, the people of Israel what he's heard from the Lord. Man, they're excited. And now he's got to share the same thing with Pharaoh. And this is that encounter. Exodus chapter 5, we're going to look at 1 and 2. It says, after this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Is that so, retorted Pharaoh. And who is this Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Did y'all see the arrogant, haughty spirit, the prideful spirit of Pharaoh in this moment. Right here is when pride entered into the scene. Right here is when Pharaoh said, I, I really don't care who this God is. I really don't care what this God says. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It, it, I, can, I can put that on me. I, sometimes I say, Lord, I, don't, I really don't care what you say. Does your word really say that? Should I really be obedient in that way? Just put yourself in this story, and you can see how relatable Pharaoh is in this moment. So many times, God's word is very clear, and he's asking things out of us. And in our pride and arrogance, we think we know better. That's pride. And all God is wanting is for you and I to be obedient. And what we know about this particular story is that Pharaoh was presented the opportunity to humble himself. And he said, who is this Lord? He shrugged God off. That was his first mistake. If you read in chapter 6, he says, Moses, you've done your part. Thank you for being faithful. I'm going to make Pharaoh listen. And if you read chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9, here come the plagues. You see, pride goes before destruction. Pharaoh had his opportunity to humble himself. He chose pride. He chose disobedience. And God said, I'll show you. Here comes the plagues. So let's pick up in chapter 10, verse 3. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so they can worship me. Here's the problem, church. Pharaoh was presented an opportunity to humble himself. He denied. He was disobedient. So Moses comes back to him after all of this destruction and says, what will it take for you to submit? What will it take for you to obey? Sadly, he, uh, Pharaoh uh, himself and his pride were buried at the bottom of the Red Sea. He, he never chose to submit. He, he never chose humility. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. We can see through Pharaoh's story that really all God wants out of us is submission and obedience. That's humility. Let's see what 1 Peter chapter 5, 5 and 6 says. It says, And all of you, address yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up 
in honor. Let me speak to humility just for a moment. For so many years, I had humility wrong. I didn't have a biblical context of what humility is. For so long in my Christian walk, I thought humility was a seven-step process that I could wake up in the morning and I could check off something else. That, in fact, is the opposite of humility. That is me trying to better myself. That's not humility. Humility is not something, I want you to write this down, it's not going to be on the screen. Humility is not something that we can wake up and accomplish. Listen to this part. Humility is simply our response to the mighty hand of God. Once we get that figured out, we take the legalism out of the equation. It's not something that I can wake up and check that box off. Okay, if I do this one, I've got five more to take care of. And if I complete all those steps, I'll be a humble person. That's putting you in the middle of the story. That's the opposite of humility. God is simply saying, I'm asking things of you. Will you be obedient? That's humility. Pharaoh had his chance. God provided an opportunity for Pharaoh, the ruler of the world, to submit to the king of the world. And he disobeyed. And we see destruction. So we see a really bad example. Let's look at what a really good example is, and that is of Christ. Go to uh, Philippians chapter 2. I don't know about you, but I need good examples to follow. Pharaoh, man, he reminds us of what happens in disobedience. Destruction comes. Christ reminds us of ultimate humility. Philippians chapter 2. Bear with me. We're going to read 1 through 11. Words of Paul here. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So right here we're about to see where Christ was presented the opportunity to be obedient. And he was. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I need you to understand something, church. That the cross was the opportunity for Christ to be obedient. God presented him with that opportunity. Will you be obedient? Jesus, being the ultimate display of humility, gave himself up on the cross. That was his response. 
much different than that of Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh had his opportunity. He denied. Jesus had his opportunity. He was obedient. And what we see here is that God lifted him to the place of highest honor because of his obedience, because of his humility. Pharaoh missed it, and destruction followed. I want you to understand that the mighty hand of God gave them both their opportunity. One got it right, one got it wrong. And we see what happened to them both. So this morning, the big question is, what will your response be? Will it be like Christ in complete obedience? What we learned this morning is that Humility is not something that I can wake up and accomplish each and every day. It's our response to the movement of God in our life. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this, but, but I think we need to make it abundantly clear this morning that God will provide an opportunity for you to humble yourself. Whether that is a consequence of your own sin, we've all been there, or it's a circumstance out of our control. God will bring a circumstance to your life for you to respond in humility or in disobedience. What's it going to be? That's the question. We've seen two stories, one end really well, one end really bad. Now, with this on our minds, I've already said, hey, it's not a seven-step process to become a humble person, but I do think there are some things that we can do to help our response in humility. So what can we do to respond in these circumstances with humility? They're going to be on the screen. The, the first thing is our posture in our prayers, the posture of prayer. It's awfully hard to be an arrogant man when you're bowed before a holy God. It's possible, but it's really difficult. Any guys in the room remember the day they proposed? What did you do, guys? What, all I'm hearing is over here, Keaton, thank you. What'd you do? I got down on a knee, right? You're saying, baby, I can't live without you. You're everything. I need you. Ain't that right, guys? Is that what you did? Right? You lowered yourself. You said, honey, you're it. I got to have you. There's something special about that. Man, we're getting some chuckles over here. Maybe they didn't bow or, or get on a knee. I don't know. But have that picture in mind. There's something about that posture. There's something about saying, I, I, I'm going to remove myself from the picture. And if you're a person that struggles with arrogance and pride, maybe you need to respond to God in prayer in a different posture. Maybe you need to get down on your knees and say, God, I, I'm, I'm nothing. I know who you are, and I know where I stand, and I need you. It's less about him responding to you when you're on your knees and more about your mental aspect of going, I'm, I'm nothing. I've got to bow in front of my king. And you may think, well, this is, that's kind of silly. That's not. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. We're going to read in verse 39. In this particular part of the story, Jesus knows what is coming. Jesus knows that he's about to have to give himself up on the cross. And he steps away. He goes into the garden to pray. And this is what happens. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. 
yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Do y'all see what the king of kings did in this moment? He was God, but he did not think of himself as equal to God. And in this moment, he laid face down on the ground and prayed to God the Father, if there's another way, let it be, but your will, not mine. Do you see this example of humility that Jesus took in this moment? He took himself out of the picture, and he laid his face on the ground. See, there's something to our posture of prayer and how we approach God. And if you struggle with a haughty spirit, if you struggle with a prideful spirit, maybe in your time of prayer you need to change how you approach God. Maybe just the symbol of you bowing with your face on, on your bed or on, on a pillow or you getting down on your knees and submitting to him will in turn help you understand that you are nothing compared to a holy God. That you need him. The second thing that we need to discuss as a response in humility is complete confession. Complete confession. We're going to start with reading a passage that we're going to talk about really what it means. 1 John chapter 1, we're going to look at 8 and 9. It says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I've got to share something with you. And I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to say, me too, brother. I, I just want you to see if you can ever fall into this category. For a long time, this is how I would approach God. I would ask God to simply excuse my behavior, not forgive me of my sin. You, you see, in my pride and in my arrogance, I didn't want to admit to my error. I would simply ask him to just look past it. Just look past it. I, I wasn't asking for complete forgiveness. I wasn't being completely honest with him. In a former life, I was a student pastor, and this is how I would relate things. I would say, uh, what'd you do on Friday night? Because apparently Friday night's like the, the, the wildest night of the week, right? And, and I'd say, what, what did you do on Friday night? God knows everything you did on Friday night. Don't just ask for forgiveness over Friday night. Be specific with what you did. You see, church, God knows. He knows your error. Be specific with your error. What that does when you and I approach God with complete confession, it reveals to us the dirtiness of our heart. It reveals to us just how sinful we really are. In my arrogance, I, I, I didn't want to confess this. And what 1 John says is, you're lying to yourself if you have no sin. I was skimming over that part. God, just excuse the behavior. I'm not bold enough to share with you my sin. What we read in Scripture is that he wants you to confess your sin. And what this does, it helps you understand that you cannot forgive yourself, that you, in fact, are in desperate need of a Savior, and that forgiveness only comes through Jesus Christ. It takes you out of the picture. Complete confession. So maybe, adults, that's you. Stop saying, God, forgive me for Friday night. Be specific with what happened. He already knows. He desires complete confession. 
This increases your relationship with God the Father. It elevates, uh, elevates him and demotes you. The third thing, service to God and others. Many of you are thinking this is elementary. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to serve the Lord. I know I'm supposed to serve other people. But if it's so elementary, I want to ask the question, are you really doing it? We know that when we elevate others, we elevate God, it takes us out of the picture. In Scripture, in the Gospels, they were trying to trick Jesus, and this was his response in Matthew 22, 37 and 39, through 39. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And his second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. When you and I have this mentality, it takes the focus off of us. We start to decrease and others start to increase. We, we aren't the center of our own world anymore. It, it's all about service to God and service to other people. If you remember what Paul said in Philippians, think about others. Humble yourself. Think about others' interest too. So when we, when we dedicate our life to, to service of God and elevating others in front of ourselves, it takes you out of the picture. And I've got to ask this question, has this become not just a habit, but, but, but who you are and what you do? I've got to serve the Lord. I've got to, I've got to put other people in, in front. And here's how this happens in my life. When I start to serve other people, man, my, my marriage gets elevated because I serve my wife. When I serve my, my children, my parenting gets elevated. When I think about serving the, the, the church, God gets elevated. He gets glorified when I get out of the way. When I remove myself, it's really hard for me to respond in arrogance when I've been thinking about the Lord and other people. It takes me out of the picture. I know that may seem elementary, but is that a way that you respond? So I, I've got the question this morning. God, God will, he will provide an opportunity for you to respond. Are, are you going to respond like Pharaoh? With arrogance and pride, who is this Lord? I can do it on my own. Or are you going to respond like Jesus? In complete obedience. That, in a nutshell, is humility. It's your response to the movement of the mighty hand of God. How will you respond? Let me pray for you this morning, church. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings. Thank you for this tough truth this morning. It's so hard for us to process pride and really get to the root issue of sin, and that's our pride. God, help us to deal with it. Help us to address it. Bring it to the surface, God. And help us to understand that, that humility is ultimately responding to you in obedience. It's doing whatever it is that you ask of us, and I know that's difficult. I struggle every day in obedience. But God, I pray for those in this room this morning. I don't know what their circumstance is. I don't know if they're dealing with a consequence of sin or they're dealing with circumstances far beyond their control. But, but I'm confident that, that you're going to bring situations in our life where we ought to respond in humility versus arrogance and pride. And I pray that when those situations come, that we can be people that respond in and with humility. 
that we would be obedient to your word, that we would just do what you ask. And God, we're so thankful for the perfect example of Jesus on the cross, that he was obedient unto death. God, help us to have that attitude of Christ. Thank you for him and the salvation that he brings, and we ask everything in his precious and holy name. Amen.